Hello, folks. Welcome once again to the Tom's Hardware Show. Uh, thank you for bearing with us as we took last week off for Thanksgiving. Uh, we are back once again, and this time I am joined by senior editor Jared Walton to talk about the new RTX 2060 12 gigabyte news, uh, show off a very unique webcam that I've been looking at, and we'll talk about the season's games and how they'll kind of run on that RTX as well. Uh, without further ado, let's roll the thing. So, hey, Jared, uh, we took a week off for Thanksgiving. Uh oh, you just muted. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, fun. Nice thing about doing a live show. I think the mute button got hit in the software and then it told me that my mic was unplugged. So I oh, had a nice. panic moment. But uh, we're here. We're back. So I was saying we took a week off for Thanksgiving. How was your break, Jared? Uh, I think I gained 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a good Thanksgiving, had some family come into town and at our new house. So we, we had a lot of people and, you know, fingers crossed, no COVID, but we're kind of in rural Colorado a little bit. So uh, it's not spreading so much here. Uh-oh. I'm having microphone issues. So that's. Yes, you are. It muted you again. I should run the show while Michelle figures out her thing. Hey, uh, so welcome to the Tom's Hardware Show, right? It's just me for a second while Michelle sorts out the microphone. Um, the big news of the past week after Thanksgiving uh, Black Friday's over, Cyber Monday's over. Anyone get any good deals out there? Uh, hopefully, we wrote about them, and you know, if you saw some of my content, I wrote about like how do you find a good deal on an RTX 30 series graphics card, and the same basically applies to AMD. Uh, the general advice right now is if you're not willing to pay eBay scalper premiums, and I wouldn't do that, or Newegg scalper premiums because Newegg's just as bad almost. Uh, you're probably best off buying a pre-built. PC and then you can shuck the GPU if you really want or you can just upgrade your PC and sell your old PC. Uh, if you go that route, you can get a new graphics card for roughly 25 to 50% over the MSRP of Nvidia and AMD as opposed to paying double. So, I mean like uh, for example, there were some PCs on Newegg that you could get an RTX 3080 PC, complete PC with memory, storage, all that stuff. Reasonable specs for like 2200, 2100, something like that. Uh, the GPU on its own tends to run about 1600 these days uh, online, which is kind of ludicrous. Uh, anyway, wow, it's kind of weird being all alone. Oh, there she is. Welcome back. I think I might have resolved the microphone issues. I'm sorry, everyone. Of course, for the like 15 minutes that we were in the pre-show lobby, I didn't have any issues. But as soon as we click the live button, suddenly they all pop up. Um, so yeah, Jared was talking about uh, holiday shopping deals. Uh, if you missed it, the last show that we did, we had Matt Spider on 
uh, who's sort of a stock guru for finding consoles and RTX GPUs and such. Uh, that will be in our archive on uh, YouTube, so you can go ahead and look there to get some uh, tips on getting deals. But uh, going forward, there might be a new way to get an RTX card, but it's not a new RTX card strictly. Uh, so Jared, we recently heard confirmation, there have been rumors, but we had confirmation of the RTX 2060 12 gigabyte. Uh, what do you think about this? You know, it's interesting. So I was looking at the prices on a 2060, the the existing six gigabyte 2060, and this is this is the entry level RTX card still. Like there's nothing slower than it other than laptop RTX 3050, I guess is slower. Um, but it's its specs are, it's okay. It's, you know, it's like 30 to 50% faster than a GTX 1660 Super. Um, the problem being that it goes for like 600 or $570 on eBay. You know, these are, these are originally 350 as low as 280 back in like 2019. You could sometimes pick them up for 280, 290 on sale, and now they're going for easily double that. Um, but they're they're still reasonable. I mean, you still get DLSS support, you get ray tracing support, um, and one of the one of the bottlenecks on them has become the memory. It only has six gigabytes, and you know I remember when it launched, I was like, uh, is six gigabytes really enough? The hard part being. To get more memory, you've got two options. You can double the memory to 12 gigabytes, or you could go to eight gigabytes and either use a 128-bit bus with two gigabyte chips, or you could go to a 256-bit bus with one gigabyte chips, like the 2060 Super, 2070, 2070 Super. And you know, it's 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 not like a perfect solution. Well, Two years after, actually three years after the launch of the 2060, I think it's been three years almost, um, we're now getting a doubled VRAM version. And, you know, it. you can see the specs. It's, it's a weird hodgepodge because it's, even though it says 2060, it's got the 192-bit memory interface. So they're using two gigabyte chips, same memory bandwidth as the 2060. But then the rest of the specs, if you look, are the same as the 2060 Super. So you've got um, 34 SMs instead of 30 SMs, which gives you 2176 CUDA cores and all the rest. Clocks are the same as the 2060 Super. So because it has more memory, there will be a few instances where it might actually perform better than a 2060 Super. But in most cases, you know, the eight gigabyte card has 33% uh, more memory bandwidth. So that will probably be more of a factor unless you're playing one of the select few games where eight gigabytes of memory is not quite enough for the settings you're using, which I would say, turn down the settings a notch, you know, drop from ultra textures to high textures or drop your shadows a notch or whatever you need to do, because it's kind of placebo whether you, you know, run high or ultra. It's like, oh yeah, it maybe looks fractionally better. So that's kind of where it's like, I don't know that you really need 12 gigabytes, but uh, especially on a on a card that's not like super fast. When um, you were saying eight gigabytes there, was that just like a, a flub or like, is it different? Oh, you were saying uh, the card with eight gigabytes of memory. 
Oh, yeah. So I'm saying like the 2060 Super has eight gigabytes, right? Okay, yes. So that's on a 256-bit bus, and that gives it more memory bandwidth because they're using eight one-gigabyte memory chips, whereas the 12-gigabyte card has six um, two-gigabyte chips and a 192-bit bus. So it's like you're balancing like, hey, do I want more memory or do I want more memory bandwidth? And NVIDIA did the same thing with the 3060 Ti and the 3060. I think I actually, in a lot of ways, like the 3060 more just because eight gigabytes, I mean, eight gigabytes was the high-end VRAM solution back in 2016, I think, is when the GTX 1070, 1080 launched. It's, it's, maybe it's 17. Anyway, like it's, we've had eight gigabyte cards for a long time. And so it's like we're finally pushing beyond their capabilities and to have high-end 3060 Ti, 3070, 3070 Ti, all with eight gigabytes. I mean, it felt like a bit of a slap in the face from NVIDIA. They rectified that with the 3060. Conversely, the 3080, the 3080 Ti all still feel like eh, that's a little bit low on and skimpy on the memory solution. So it's it's been interesting. AMD, I think, did the right thing putting 16 gigabytes on their Halo, you know, 6900 XT, 6800 XT, 6800. Um, even the 6700 XT has 12 gigabytes, which I, I kind of feel like 2022 going forward, I wouldn't want a GPU with less than 12 gigabytes unless I'm specifically looking for like, hey, I just want 1080p medium to high settings and I'm not worried about maxing out quality. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I would be worried about future proofing at that point, because like you said, I don't know how much longer eight gigabytes is going to be seen as acceptable. Um, so yeah. it does make sense to to put 12 gigabytes on this card. But Jared, why? I mean, I I have a few theories. I assume you do too. But why release a 20 series card right now, 12 gigabytes or not? So I think there's probably a, con a convergence of like three factors. One, you've got the GPU shortages and there's not enough capacity to make more Samsung 8 nanometer Ampere chips and TSMC's seven nanometer, well, NVIDIA doesn't have a seven nanometer GPU for consumers right now. Like the, the A100, the GA100 chips for their, um, their machine learning and supercomputers and stuff, those use the TSMC N7, but everything else is on Samsung's 8N, unless you go back to Turing, the RTX 20 series and the GTX 16 series, those all use TSMC, 12 nanometer FinFET and it's not widely used. And so perhaps there's more capacity available. The hard thing is like, and I'd have to do more research to say ex exactly where things are being made. Like you've got fabrication facilities and sometimes they share, um, share stages. So it's like you kind of decide, Hey, are we going to run eight nanometer wafers, seven nanometer wafers, six nanometer wafers, or these old 12 nanometer wafers. And then <clears throat> parts of the fabrication are done separately. And then there's like shared bonding and packaging and stuff that uses the same equipment. Presumably either TSMC has available capacity for 12 nanometer, and that's what NVIDIA is using, or we go into the next possibility and that's, NVIDIA wanted to get rid of a bunch of 
Turing GPUs and could actually make more of them. And they created their CMP, their cryptocurrency mining processors last year and sold them at a price premium. Actually, it was this year, right? Early 2021. I believe this year. Yes. <clears throat> See, you're I'm, hitting on I'm my just, theory. Yeah. I think they just didn't succeed with those like they wanted to. And now they have a bunch of extra. Yep. So they sold $300 million worth of CMP processors um, in the second quarter, I think, of 2021. And then the next quarter, it was down to like nothing. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, it was way, way lower than the 300 million. And so it's like, because the cryptocurrency people, the people mining as a business, they looked at it and they said, well, NVIDIA is charging a price premium for previous generation slower chips. And we don't want to pay that when we can get faster consumer chips that are just as good for our purposes. And so I think that's what the miners did. And they left NVIDIA with some extra TU-106 chips, which now are being sold to consumers as the revised RTX 2060. It's, it's weird. Um, right. I don't want to make assumptions about the crypto community, but I'm about to. I think uh, the type of people who are, you know, involved enough in crypto to want to buy a crypto specific mining card probably don't have as much difficulty getting a 30 series card as your average gamer just trying to build a new PC. I, yeah, I mean, assume like if they you have, have a ways. bucket load of cash, right? Yeah. Like I can guarantee if you go talk to AMD or Nvidia or Asus or MSI or EVJ or whoever you need to talk to, Gigabyte, you know, someone out there if you throw a bunch of money at them, we'll say, yep, we'll sell you our stuff directly for less than we're selling it to the retail market or not less, more. So it's like, say, you know, they sell it to a distributor for $700 a GPU and some guy comes in with a briefcase and says, I'll pay you $900. You know, I I've, I've that... heard people say that they've, that they know people who've made you know, tens of millions of dollar transactions doing that and buying thousands of GPUs. For farms, yeah. Or I guess just like, I don't know, maybe for individuals, but a lot of them, but. Yeah, we need yeah. A, a price drop, a mass drop for yeah. GPUs. <laughs> now, I assume we should give credit to the, the third option, which is the, I guess, the most optimistic reading, which is NVIDIA out of the goodness of its heart realizes that you can't get 30 series cards and says, let them have cake and cake in this case is 20 series cards. Um, and is giving them as a sort of stopgap for people who can't get 30 series cards. Um, you know, there's no way to really verify that, but even if that were true, is it worth getting a 20 series card at this point? Or would you rather wait or even pay the, the premium to get a, a 30, 60, aftermarket so there's a couple of question marks on that table that are the real problem right we don't know what price it's going to be mm -hmm. and that will dictate whether this is like a good thing to get or not because i mean it can't be more than a 3060 right well that you would assume the msrp is not going to be more than 329 um but the problem is you know msrps are meaningless for most situations right now and so they could be you know selling at 600 700 like the thing is is like a, a gtx 1660 super like that's 
20, 30 percent slower than a than a 2060. Um, and those sell for five hundred dollars on eBay. So, you know, you look at this and you go, well, if you get a faster card with double the memory and if there's enough of them that you can buy them for like five fifty five to six hundred dollars less than a 2060 or sorry less than a 3060 maybe a bit more than a 2066 gigabyte it's like it, it wouldn't be a bad alternative but i kind of hope that a lot of these end up going either into pre-built systems at good prices mm-hmm. or you know somehow maybe they just send them all to best buy in a mass drop of gpus and sell them at their msrp like if this sells at like what the msrp for the 3060 is like 350 329 is 329 starting point right okay so in a perfect world that's for the founders edition so you know asus or msi cards they have higher retail prices just to begin with right but like the base is 329 yeah, and there is there is no Founders Edition for the 2060 12 gigabyte. I did confirm that with NVIDIA. Oh, thank so you. So there will, there will only be third-party cards from, you know, the usual suspects. Okay, so that's we're interesting. Trying to, we're trying to get one, um, and the, we're being told by, I'm being told that most places, they're like, no, we're not sampling that. There's mm-hmm. GPU shortages. So that makes me think there's not really going to be that many of them, and this is just... I think option two is the most likely there were leftover cryptocurrency mining processors that they couldn't sell. And now they're being sold as consumer cards and just clearancing them. I don't think they're so then like more. we're likely not going to see more of these than once that that initial stock vanishes. Right. Yeah, that's that would be my assumption, but it, it might not be. So we'll like. Because I was thinking in a perfect world where things are actually selling at their MSRPs and you can buy things, 329 is still a lot of money for a lot of people. So I can see the validity in something like this, but it's likely not something we're going to see continue into the future. You know, the 1660 is starting to get a little long in the tooth. I wouldn't mind something like this replacing that in the future even for more budget builds, but... Yeah, there's an interesting thing because we've got so so on the amp here, the 30 series GPUs, we have GA106 that goes into the 3060 and 3060 Ti and I think 3070, 3070 Ti, something like that. Um, and then there's a step down from that. That's the GA107 that's only going into the laptop RTX 3050 Ti and 3050 right now. Those are not that great, though, because they're a 128-bit bus with 4 gigabytes of memory. I'm like, I was just talking about how I didn't think 6 gigabytes was enough or even 8 gigabytes. And here we've got laptops being foisted off on consumers with 4 gigabytes of RAM. And NVIDIA could double that and do an 8 gigabyte 3050 desktop or 3050 Ti desktop part, right? Whether they use a 128-bit bus or a 256-bit bus, um, you know, we would have to wait and see. If they use GA107, it would have to be uh, 128-bit. Anyway, I think a 2060 12 gigabyte will beat quite easily the laptop 3050 Ti. Or at oh. least maybe it won't easily beat it, but because it's got more memory bandwidth, like I, I've... I have trouble recommending this hypothetical GTX uh, or RTX 3050 
unless it gets more memory bandwidth than the laptop parts have and yeah. more memory capacity. So, like, so regardless of the business behind this thing's creation, let's say you can get your hands on one. Obviously, these are all just specs. We haven't tested it. But um, would you buy one? And, and how much do you think you'd buy it for? So, you know, it's hard with the 3060 hypothetically at 329, right? So the 2060 launched at 349. Then AMD came out with the RX 5600 XT, which was generally faster, even though it lacked ray tracing and DLSS, right? It, it didn't have the features, but it had the performance to beat the 2060. And that was launched at 279. And so NVIDIA's answer was to um, push out kind of a, it, it wasn't like, as readily available, but there were $300 or 299 RTX 2060 cards, like an EVGA 2060 Black, I think was the one card that we reviewed last uh, or two years ago. Um, so if you say the 2060 dropped to 299, and if you look at the specs, this is a big die, 445 millimeters squared still. Um, that's that's not a tiny cheap chip to manufacture. So, you know, the the uh, TU116, I believe, is what's in the GTX 1660 Super. And it's it's like 150 millimeters smaller. Um, that's that's a pretty big drop because they cut off all the tensor cores and all of the RT, uh, the RT cores. So you go, well, we've got the budget GTX 16 still. And then we jump to 3060 at 329. I think like the MSRP for this in this... In this climate, it doesn't matter. But in a real climate, maybe two fifty would be. A, That's a great what I price, was thinking. Right? I would think maybe two seventy would be pushing it. Yeah, two fifty to. I mean, it's got to be less than three hundred because that's where the six gigabyte card lands. So, mm -hmm. you know, two seventy, two sixty nine, two seventy nine, whatever they want to call it. Like that's what I think the MSR probably will be, but. The fact that it's got the same core specs other than the memory as the 2060 Super, it could, you know, come in between, it could come in a little higher. But again, why would you buy a 2060 if you can buy a 3060? I guess the, the point is a lot of people can't buy a 3060. And I don't know. I wonder if this would be one of the cards, the one of the few recent card drops that we will not see selling out at launch because i don't know how many people are going to be clamoring for a 20 series rtx cards which then makes it a decent option for an impatient uh builder which you know we've been saying hold off on buying parts for a while now but we're two years into the yeah. pandemic <laughs> and there's new variants dropping at a certain point you got to keep your hobby going you know yeah, I remember being so naive back in the summer of 2020, thinking, oh, 3080's coming. Like, don't buy a graphics card right now. Definitely don't buy an RTX 20 series because they're about ready to be outdated. And then the 3080 launched at $700. I'm like, yes, that's an awesome card. And then it never sold in reasonable quantities for under $1,000. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, maybe it will come down. Maybe it will come down. And then mining took off and it was like, oh, there she goes. It's all over, folks. <laughs> so I've, I mean, I've it, gone to the dark side. I've been playing on the PS5 that I was able to get. I've I've been fully consoleified. Bad, or I've been playing retro games where performance doesn't matter. The PS5 is technically, you know, that's that's around a thirty sixty 
major yeah. level. No, it's it's a good know, it's, it's a good machine. It's the it's more powerful than my PC right now, and I don't know how to feel about that because I haven't been in that situation where a console is more powerful than my PC in a long time. Yep. So, and, and then there's the other thing that's odd about this is like high. I mean, we don't know when Nvidia doesn't give us like six months advance notice, but the Lovelace GPU GPUs, the RTX 40 series. All indications are it's launching next year, possibly in the spring time frame. So, you know, it would then be two generations behind. And so yeah. most people will just miss the 30 series, but then again, they'll miss the 40 series too. Yeah. And, and this is interesting because I was actually doing, uh, I was looking at the Steam hardware survey today. Uh, they just published the November data. Um, you can see the full article on our site, but. But in terms of all surveyed PCs on Steam, um, the most popular GPU series currently accounts for about 25% of all graphics cards. Want to guess what that is? Uh, GTX. Which one? Oh, uh, God. which one? Which specific one? No, which series? So it's, it's actually the GTX 10 series. Yeah, that's what I was guessing. Yeah, Sorry. so the GTX 16 series comes in second place. I thought you at... wanted me to guess a specific like no, card. No. I, so 1060 is still the most popular card, just because a ton of them were sold to, you know, I think I think they're Gaming also cafes? in a lot of uh, ca internet cafes, but. Theoretic, supposedly Steam fixed things so that the survey is not skewed by gaming cafes. I don't know if it's correct or not. So anyway, GTX 10 series is 25% of cards. The 16 series is 17.5% of all surveyed PCs. RTX 20 series is almost 14%, but dropping. Yeah, and I would then, almost guess that's bigger than I expected. Yeah, and then the 30 series sits at 11.2%. That's way bigger than I expected, actually. Yeah, so over 10% of surveyed PCs had an RTX 30 series. Um, the most popular RTX 30 series GPU, though... Coming in, coming in at uh, three, no, two point three percent is all two point oh two percent. It's a thirty sixty laptop GPU. That makes sense because the laptops are things you can actually buy right now. Yep, it's the thirty seventy is actually just like a fraction below it. Like it's one point nine nine percent compared to two point oh two percent. So I feel the better. Is the second pop, most popular thirty series. I. I feel better about writing all those laptop articles and saying yeah. like one of 30 series. <laughs> this is how deal with it. And and honestly, the 3060, 3070 laptops are better in my mind than the 3080 laptops because the 3080 laptops are really just an RTX 3070. And the 3070 is also an RTX 3070 mobile. It, it's got a few less cores than the desktop 3070 and the clock's lower, but like you look at the 3080 and you're like, that's not a 3080, it's a 3070. But Nvidia went back to calling it a 3080 because that's how they brand things. So uh, if you're watching the show, feel free to drop your comments down below. We'll answer them. Would you get a 2060 Super? Are you still hoping to get a 30 series? Are you waiting for the 40 series? Um, and you know, how much would you pay for it? Um, in the meantime, though, we want to talk a little bit about games. Uh, so there's, we're heading into the holiday season. 
I think there's like three big games recently, one of which you've been trying and and having issues testing on for a long time. So there's uh, Icarus, which just came out recently and is the big new survival game that all of Gen Z is into. There's, Are they? I I hadn't even heard of it until like the announcement of yeah. Hey, Nvidia's got new drivers. It uses RT and DLSS, and but I I feel like I don't know. I don't keep up on survival games in general, so I'm not big on that. It might just be the game of the week. There's also Halo Infinite, which is the closest thing you can get to an arena shooter these days. And then there's the new Call of Duty and the new Battlefield 2042. Personally, I think Battlefield looks gorgeous visually. Um, so maybe that's a potential use for the RTX 2060 12 gigabyte. We can talk about how that would theoretically perform in these kind of games. But I know, Jared, you have some Battlefield stories to share with us. Well, it's it's just a pain to benchmark because it's like there's no single player. And I've tested like Battlefield 5 in single player mode because you're like, hey, it's repeatable. But I knew testing it, I said, I've also done some kind of comparison testing and multiplayer runs slower because there's more people in larger maps and all that stuff. So it's good that I had to use the multiplayer mode for testing. It's bad because even using bots, like it, it's just wildly variable. Um, and you've got like tornadoes that can come in. And you know, it's like if a tornado show, showed up in my testing, I'm like, okay, quit that match and restart it. I've I really playing... come to love games that come with built-in graphics benchmarks. Yep. Uh, you know, a lot of people probably think that we here are huge Tomb Raider fans just because we reference Shadow of the Tomb Raider a lot. <sighs> I haven't played one of those games. I just oh. think that it's decently demanding and it comes with a fairly robust benchmark built into it. Yeah, I think I think the last Tomb Raider I beat was the original. <laughs> I did beat that back in the day. Like, when did that come out? 96 or something like that? Um, but I, I always seem to get to about like 20% done according to whatever gauge they're using. I, I don't know if that's really done or just like for completionist. But then I get sidetracked and I go and do something else. So, uh, yeah, built-in benchmarks are, are really helpful just because it's re repeatable and, you know, others can compare and you can see it i get that it's like well it might not re represent real world gameplay but there's a solution for that and it's that the developers should make it represent real world <laughs> gameplay exactly like, there's nothing you can't create a benchmark that even if you use the built the the actual game and play it like you're still only benchmarking a snippet of the game you know like, i used to i used to test with overwatch a lot on the sort of more low-end laptops that i was testing um, and with that, I did notice that like, I wanted to test in the training room because I can just like go in there. I don't have to play along other people, but it runs so much better in the training yep. room because there's so much less going on. But that doesn't mean that I should need to connect to 11 other people, right? Yeah, it's like all they need to do is kind of like, get that okay what's the actual typical game like oh it's got 64 players running around it's got explosions everywhere great let's do that and then you turn it into a benchmark and it's it's not 
that difficult. I mean, I studied computer science. I, I know how this stuff works. And it's like, they could totally do it. It's just not a big priority for them. They, and, and sometimes it's, I think it's because they don't want to have a clearly definable thing where it's like, if you put in a built-in benchmark and people get 20 frames per second, then they're like, oh man, your game's unoptimized. <laughs> Whether it is or not, you know, it's like, oh, well, it runs poorly on my PC. I mean, building like, oh. any feature is definitely difficult um but for these more big budget games like battlefield i am yeah. less willing to give them slack i suppose then again you know these this is a highly niche concern for people like yeah. us but if you're building a pc it's a much better way to test i think than being like i'm gonna play through the first level especially if you're doing it at work like me i don't want to play video games at work i feel bad doing that well, the other thing being like, if you if you as a normal gamer, you're like, hey, I just upgraded from my GTX 16 to my RTX 30, and I want to see how much faster my system is. Yes. Like, it's a great way to check. Whereas if you have to download and install OCAT or, you know, whatever software you want to use and run that and capture your frame times and all this stuff, it's like you talk about niche, like only, you know, there's a lot of people who wouldn't know the first thing about how to do a manual benchmark. And so it's a great way to, to justify your purchases to yourself. Yeah. Look, honey, I get 50% more frames. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> worth it? Um, exactly. so, but I guess a good, uh, a more generally applicable thing about this is these are all sort of esports titles we're talking about. I think, you know, the bigger single player games are maybe coming out next year. Uh, so aside from Battlefield, which I will say looks gorgeous, maybe this isn't something you need a super high end graphics card to run. And maybe the 2060 12 gigabyte will do you just fine. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm I'm a bit spoiled. I have access to any graphics card you care to name, pretty much. And so, you know, my daily driver that I sit there and it's like when I'm not testing. What about or whatever, Radeon RX 450, Jared? Yeah, I don't have that low. <laughs> it has to be in the last three generations. Okay. So RX 500 or newer. I have most of them. Like, I don't have the RX 550 and RX 530, but I have got like the 560 and above. I've got the vegas and all that stuff no but i was gonna say um i've got my daily drivers and rtx 3090 you know that's what i throw in my system just for kicking around because i've got 4k screens and you want to run it of course right? yeah, yeah i'm, I'm calling data. off a gtx 1080 which would have so, been the most spoiled thing a few years ago exactly well so so the interesting thing is i i think one of the one of the most fun games that i've played this year um, it's probably like the ascent. It's like it's a sci-fi sort of cyberpunk, but more just sci-fi um, action RPG shooter thing. And and I'm like, oh yeah. In a lot of ways, this is what Cyberpunk 2077 could have been, should have been done by a much smaller team. Anyway, it has ray tracing support for like reflections and ambient occlusion and shadows. I don't know. It's it's got like three things for ray tracing that you can tick on or off. And I will say, even even with a 3090 at 4K with DLSS quality enabled, it it runs fine. But it's not like I'm like, wow! If you didn't have a 3090, how would this run? And I actually think I tried it on a 2060 because I was testing it, and I was like uh, testing Battlefield on it. I think, and I was like, oh, I wonder how the Ascent runs. So I I launched it, and 
ray tracing was enabled at 4K, and that did not go to, go well at all. So, I uh, I feel bad that I don't have a more recent title to to give an anecdote about, but uh, recently I've been playing Final Fantasy IX for the PS1. But I can make it relevant by saying I've been playing it largely via my Raspberry Pi that I've set up <laughs> recently. I set up a Raspberry Pi four that to I the bought dark side. that I bought last year. Um, I set it up via Steam home in home streaming. Uh, it works great. I actually manage my. This is something that viewers will appreciate, and then we can move on to something else. But my boyfriend was considering getting an Apple TV. And then he saw my Raspberry Pi and he got jealous and he went out to Micro Center on Black Friday and decided to get a Raspberry Pi of his own. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a great way to run retro games. I think PS1 is actually maybe a little too demanding to run natively via Raspberry Pi, but via Steam in home streaming, something turn-based, it doesn't matter. Uh, but moving on to hardware, again, Tom's hardware. Uh, I do have one more thing I want to show off before I end. Uh, I don't know if you've been seeing all the memes going around Twitter recently, uh, Jared, about like wizards pondering orbs, uh, <laughs> like their crystal balls and stuff. There was a no, a, I don't watch Twitter enough to see. There those was memes. a painting that that went viral about that recently, but I feel like I've been doing that recently because I've been looking at this. Man. This is the Movo WebMic HD Pro which is a combination desktop condenser microphone and a 1080p webcam with a ring light and like a little handhold gimbal that's supposed to like uh, stabilize your grip a bit. <laughs> uh, it's pretty much everything you'll need in one. It was a Kickstarter. It sells for $199 on their website, but it's currently selling for about $170. And uh, it's definitely got a unique look. Uh, it comes with this thing if you want to strap it to the top of your monitor. Hopefully, your monitor won't get crushed. Does that whole base it. come off? Yes, it does come off. Okay, it actually, so you, you have to plug it in by on, this yeah. thing there. Um, but I was skeptical because I'm like, how is a microphone with a webcam in the center of it going to pick up decent sound? Uh, but I actually am fairly impressed. I haven't gone too deep into the review to it uh, recently or yet, but uh, from my first impressions, uh, aside from just how goofy it looks and its size, uh, it's I quite enjoy it. It's supposed to sort of give you everything you need in one device. So uh, I unplugged it because of my microphone issues I was having, but I'm going to try to set it up uh, to actually stream from it. But I wanted to show it on camera real quickly. So Jared, if you want to sort of cover for me while I uh, sure. set up. Oh, it also comes with this um, cover you can put on the mic, but yeah. A cover for the mic? So is the mic around? Oh, not the for camera? the mic. It comes with it. So oh. it comes with this little detachable thing you can put over oh. the webcam in the center of the mic. It in likes to fall off a lot. Doing, it's easily or... like the worst part of it. What's that for? Just for people who are like paranoid of spying? Oh, yeah. A lot of microphones yeah. come with a, not microphones. I keep calling it a microphone. A lot of webcams come with a camera blockers these days, usually in the form of a shutter or if they're a little cheaper, one of these things. But so, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to set it up real quickly. She's going to try and switch over, make the switch. So uh, I'm I'm curious if there's anyone in the and watching, like, what are you guys looking forward to? most in the coming year like 
There's a lot happening in the next few months. I've mentioned that there's RTX 40 series coming. We don't know if that's going to be, you know, earlier in the year, springtime, summertime, or it could be late 2022. I'm hoping it's not, but uh, we'll see. AMD is also working on RDNA 3. Again, it, well, so both RTX 40 series Lovelace and RDNA 3 are purported to use TSMC's N5 process. They're 5 nanometer, right? And then you've got ARC from Intel, which is supposed to show up. And I don't know how fast it will get. Like the top models might not even match like a 3070. If they do, and they can provide them in quantity, and maybe they won't work as mining GPUs very well for a few months, like I'm, I'm hopeful that Intel Arc can step in and fill the void a little bit. But uh, I suspect Arc's best case is that it's like sort of competitive with Ampere and RDNA two, and you know then the sequels come out, and so we'll need to wait for the next generation Arc. All can right, you hear me? I can. Okay, so yeah, I'm calling from the WebMic HD Pro, and right away you can see. The biggest problem with this uh, webcam is that it's a desktop microphone with a webcam smashed into it. So it's got nose cam and it has just the most unflattering angle if you don't use the little included thing that puts it on your uh, on the top of your monitor. But as for the well, quality, I'm going to pick clamp. it up using the gimbal and see how like uh, yeah, it steady it is. As for the quality, I kind of like how it looks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how the uh, how my voice is coming across on your end, but I took a few recordings of myself and, you know, it's not as strong as my Blue Yeti, but I think it actually did better than the Razer Siren V2 that I reviewed. Granted, it's uh, $100 more, but you also get a webcam and you get a, see if I can find the button, uh, get a ring light. I'm turning the ring light on now. This is where our uh, streaming tool through through uh, StreamYard comes into play. And it's like, yeah, it only supports 720p. So <laughs> too bad. Yeah, obviously you can see, you'll learn more about this in our review of it. But it's just like a really interesting, visually sort of unique device that I wanted to give a, a little shout out to while I'm in the middle of reviewing it. Um, and it's also use you guys a, as a guinea pig to uh, see how well I can use it on a live stream. Uh, it also comes with this really unique button. I pressed it earlier by accident, but uh, there's this button you can press and then it'll stop the recording and then just <laughs> sort of show a still frame. Uh, so you can use that to take selfies more easily, I guess. But I guarantee someone's going to press that by accident and think they broke their device. Oh, uh, the, the YouTube video thumbnail button. Yeah. Uh, so it comes with in-ear monitoring. You can plug a webcam into the back. Uh, and then it also has USB-C to A connectivity. Um, and it's got a, a couple of LEDs that shine when it's on. Otherwise, it's just kind of a normal microphone. Um, the one annoying thing is uh, there's no automatic gain. You have to use a little gain slider on the left to sort of find what works best to you. So I'll play with it in the software or is it a dial and getting louder? There's no software as far as I can tell. So you just have to deal with the, um, the device itself. But yeah, anyway. I guess if you're like, uh, you know, you're like the rest of us and you're working from home and making a lot of calls and you don't have a, 
a ton of space for devices. Uh, this might uh, work for you, or you just want a super unique looking webcam. I'm impressed with the audio and visual quality, but there's still issues like I have to hold it in my hand right now in order to not get this horrible nose cam, <laughs> or you can strap it to the top of the monitor, which I haven't tried yet. Yeah, the, the monitor clamp looks, I, I guess you don't want a thin bezel monitor. Yeah, that's part of why I haven't tried yet. It looks kind of terrifying, but uh, like I that, think you uh, sort pretty of low. unscrew it. And then you like, I don't know why it's so wide. Like what kind yeah. of monitor is this thing? I mean, it's, it's probably pretty, it's probably pretty uh, heavy, I assume. Like Yeah, speaking. well... I mean, like I've got a Logitech C920 and, you know, the thing weighs a couple ounces at best. Yeah, it is decently heavy. I haven't weighed it yet, but that's part of the reason I'm a bit afraid to put this on top of my monitor. I uh, <laughs> I, I think I might put that, it on the... That is huge. I might put it on top of the one that works sent me uh, and uh, make, there you go. make our bosses pay for it if it breaks something. But yeah, that's sort of all that we had prepared to to discuss today, Jared. Um, any other notes before we close out the show? And I can stop showing off my uh, my nostrils to everyone. Uh, nope i I don't have really anything else going on. I mean, there's rumors that we're getting RTX 3050 desktop. There's the confirmed RTX 2060 12 gigabyte. Um, I'm looking at. I'm currently actually testing Windows 11 for replacing my graphics card test bed. I need to upgrade to Alder Lake as well. That's my 2022 plans. And uh, let me tell you, I'm not a fan of Windows 11 so far. Yeah. Like the, cosmetic the changes thing, for the sake of changes. Alder Lake runs better on Windows 11 right now yeah. because of thread scheduling. Um, yep. And I'm tired of saying that because my, my gut says that they will fix that eventually. Um, but maybe. I mean, fixing the scheduler in Windows 10 is a pretty significant, you know, ask. And Microsoft wants people to upgrade to Windows 11. So I don't know. We'll see. Like, the thing about Windows 11 is it's it's just the number of stuff that they put further out of reach or whatever. Like, one of the things, um, this is a personal thing. Some people probably love it, but I do not like hidden icons in my system tray. Because that's how malware runs and gets to be sitting there running and nobody knows about it. So Windows 10, Windows 7, Windows 8, all the other windows, you could right click on that system tray and go into the options and say, always show all icons in the system tray. I'm like, that's what I want. It's easy. That's gone now. Like if there's a way to actually do that, I don't, I haven't found it. So anything you're in your system tray now, you have to individually say yes, allow that, show that one all the time. And so now I've got. A I list actually, of... I've covered Windows 11 a few times now, and this is actually news to me. Yeah, it's, I, I, I mean, know like... that Windows 11 is big on making you perform extra clicks, which our editor in chief Abram Pilch despises. Yep. I mean, the, the right click, like I used to right click and then you'd, I'd say open with notepad plus plus. No, now it's right click, go down, click more options mm -hmm. and then click. And it's just like, I think there's a fix for that one at least. But the, the like show everything in my system tray. I'm like, why would you get rid of that? Like I realize probably 99% of people don't use that, right? 
But I'm like, you actually took it doesn't it away. hurt to have it. Yeah, it's it's like it wasn't hard to have it. You just took it away and created this whole new UI that's more cumbersome and annoys people like me, power mm -hmm. users. And so uh, yeah. I feel like I don't know. I I want to say that I won't upgrade to Windows 11, but it's super obnoxious to like still be one of those people running XP during Vista. So we'll see how long I can actually hold out on Windows 10 before well, if your hardware gets testing will be done on Windows 11. That's that's the thing. All laptops are going to come with it. All desktops. Yeah, are but come that's with it, but so. that's not my personal machine. Right. So I don't care. I think my personal machine I will uh, I will leave on Windows 10 for a good while. We'll see if mm -hmm. 11, hopefully they can issue a patch or two to make it less annoying. What will probably happen is when I build a new computer, which I've been holding off on doing because parts are expensive, but I'm getting antsy. Uh, when I build a new computer, I'll probably bite the bullet and upgrade to Windows 11. Part of me is almost saying that I'll go to the dark side again and do Mac. I did MacBook Air for a little bit. Um, but I, I didn't love the UI. I guess I found it easier than Windows at the time for a few ways, but I've lost my Mac usability. Anyways, we're getting off topic. You know, the other thing that I've noticed that annoys me with Windows 11, Alt-Tab. Like if you look at Alt-Tab in Windows 10, mm -hmm. it shows all of your open icons and it puts, I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but like it puts a white border around it. And it's very obvious to me very quickly what window I'm selecting. Mm -hmm. I use Alt-Tab all the time. You do that on Windows 11 and it's like, there's no longer a dark gray box around all the windows with a white highlight. It's now transparent, I believe. No, there is a dark gray. Wait, oh no, that's running Windows 10, sorry. <laughs> I've got the machine dual booting. So I went to go and look at it. I'm like, wait, that looks the same. Um, Windows 11, it, it does like, it, it does a white line, around, no, a black line around it. That's actually really hard to see. So I'll Alt-Tab and I'll be looking at this thing going, which window is that selecting? And I'll like have to like go back and forth and be like, oh, there's the outline. Again, it's like, it shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. Well, at least we can end on this note from a viewer, which is you're not alone. We always show all icons in the SysTray. Otherwise, you don't know what all is running. Yep. I think if everyone did that, like that would solve at least half of the malware problems. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I, I don't do that. I do go to task manager for that from time to time. Um, but I don't keep it all running in the sys tray. Uh, but maybe I should start doing that. Uh, if only because Microsoft says it wants to take the toy away from me. And now That's that makes right. me want to use the toy more. But anyway, uh, thanks so much for joining us, Jared. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, viewers. Next week's show, we're actually going to have Cherry on, and they're going to be discussing uh, one of their new keyboards, not just switches, but a Cherry-made keyboard with us, along with uh, some of their other plans for the future. So uh, tune in on Thursday at 3 p.m. And in the meantime, have a great uh, week, and we will see Happy you December. then. Happy December. Yes. Uh, enjoy your, your winter season. And uh, I wanted to say happy holidays, but we're not quite there yet. I will not let the, uh, <laughs> the holiday songs playing in the stores convince me. See y'all. 
All right. Bye, everyone. I'm going to play the outro. See ya.